Another one falls. Over the weekend, the United States stopped requiring a negative COVID-19 test for international air travelers. It's another stop on the way to normal. Maybe another sign things are looking more and more like 2019. The ending of another COVID measure would have been a great surprise a year back. But now many people are wondering what took so long. International travelers boarding U.S.-bound flights don't need to get tested. Canada had already eliminated the testing requirement for vaccinated travelers back in April. At the same time, cases are once again rising. There's still great debate. Where do we go from here? We survived the darkest days of the coronavirus pandemic, but we can never go back to the way things were before. Too much has happened. Too much has changed. We will all one day leave this ever-changing planet Earth. But will we trust in Jesus Christ before we go? Welcome to Haven today as we start a new week sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. We're calling the program series this week, Before I Go. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my Lord, my Rock, and my Redeemer. Psalm 19.4. All this week, we'll be talking about words, special words, sometimes final words, like what Joshua spoke preparing to die after leading the Israelites. He was speaking to the people in a final address, choose this day whom you will serve. Words we still need to hear. And those words pretty much in the book of Joshua in chapter 24, significant words. We'll look at David and special words he spoke. Then we'll look at Paul, the apostle, writing significant, almost final words to the younger Timothy. In 2 Timothy, a different side comes out of Paul, not quite so intense, not so theological. They are warmer, like a father's love should be towards his son, and in this case, a spiritual son. Remember what Paul said in chapter 4, poured out as a drink offering as my time has come? His confidence? I have fought the good fight. I have run the race, and I have kept the faith. Those are special words. In between biblical words this week, I'll share with you words with my earthly father minutes before he died. One of our team members, Tamara Chamberlain, will share about spiritual words her mother shared with her when Tamara was young and her mother was dying from cancer. We'll close the week with significant final words from our Savior in the cross. And if Christ Jesus didn't go to the cross and die for our sins, his final words don't have any real meaning. Christ came and died to set us free from our sin. Christ arose and sent his spirit to bring grace to live this Christian life for him. In a few minutes, we will re-air special words shared several years ago on this program by Michael Reagan, the son of the late president of the United States. I had never told my father I loved him. I had always blamed him for not telling me, but I had never told him. Stay with me. And hear how the Lord transformed Michael and Ronald Reagan's father-son relationship. It's powerful. And as we start this new week, we've been a bit blown away by so many listeners wanting a copy of the book, Our Faithful Queen, 70 Years of Faith and Service. This new 64-page gift book provides a powerful witness to Elizabeth's enduring Christian faith. The book draws on prayers, Bible verses, and her speeches to show how the Queen's 
Christian faith enabled her to prepare to reign and how that faith has sustained her in the life she's lived. It's been hard for her with all the family issues stirring the family pot, and yet she has remained steadfast. Serving Christ comes first. We have this new book in our U.S. and Canadian warehouses for your gift to Haven today. Call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or better yet, look at sample pages and give on our website, haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And remember, you can't get this book on Amazon or at bookstores in North America. We've secured our faithful queen directly from the United Kingdom. Now, before we hear some significant words from Michael Reagan, let's hear music to bolster our faith in Christ. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side I can only imagine What my eyes will see When your face is before me I can only imagine I can only
just forever, forever worship you. Me and I can only imagine here in this haven today. I'm Charles Morris, starting a new series today called Before I Go, looking at special words all week. It's been a number of years since we shared this story from the son of the late president, Ronald Reagan. His name is Michael. I haven't spoken with him in a long time, but this is a testimony of significant words he shared at Church on the Way in L.A. when Jack Hayford was pastor. It goes back to a private conversation with his father, just the two of them in the Oval Office. Something I held against my father still that I was never able to get rid of, telling my dad or asking my dad to tell me he loved me. My father never told me he loved me. Generational, I don't know. But I needed my father to say, Michael, I love you. I needed that more than anything. Even the day when I told him about what had happened to me in life, he still didn't say, Michael, I love you. I appreciate what he said, but he didn't say, I love you. He could love the world, he could reach out to all of you, but he just couldn't tell me he loved me. And I was still angry with him. Christian, still angry. And, and finally, again, God talked to me and he said, Michael, when was the last time you told your father you loved him? And I began to cry because I had never told my father I loved him. I had always blamed him for not telling me. But I had never told him. And so I made a promise to God that the next time I saw my father, I would, in fact, greet him with a hug and an I love you. And he came down to San Diego where I was doing a radio talk show to be interviewed by me on his book. And as he walked into the green room, I put my arms around him. And first of all, I scared him. You know, he looked at the Secret Service like for help. Like there's this guy running up and hugging me. Where are you guys? And... And I gave my dad this hug, and I hugged him, and I real hard, and I said, Dad, I love you. And I looked him in the eye, I said, I love you. You know what my dad said? I love you too. All my life, I've been waiting for him to say, I love you. And all it took for me was to say, Dad, I love you. And we began a brand new relationship, a brand new relationship. And we we're able to share other things. All of a sudden, my father and I could share the fact that we're both brothers in Christ. My father would talk to me about his, his love of God. And in fact, my dad and I getting off a plane. We were getting off a plane at Point Magoo, and he, he counted out on his fingers nine. And, and I said, why are you counting nine? He says, you know, this is when he was president, too. And he said, you know, Michael, he said, nine months from now, I can start going back to church. I said, what? You haven't been going to church? He says, Michael, ever since the assassination attempt. I haven't wanted to go to church on a regular basis because I remember looking out that rearview window and seeing people who had taken bullets that were meant for me. And I didn't want to put people in church in harm's way and become a regular participant in church. So I am so looking forward to, once again, being able to go to church each and every Sunday. 
in the, in the early 1990s, my, my father and I had never been to church together except with large groups. And, and my dad, you see, when, when I moved in with him, he wouldn't take me to church on Sunday because he didn't want to make my mother mad because she raised us Catholic and he was Protestant. So he and Nancy and Patty and Ron would get up and go to church on Sunday and leave me home. And I wanted so much to go with my dad to church. And so in the early 1990s, I, I knew where he went to church. Everybody knows where he went to church, Bel Air Press. I also knew which service he went to. I connected with the Secret Service said, you know, Father's Day, I'm going to have church with my dad. And he came to church on Father's Day, and there I was sitting in the pew. And my dad looked at me, and we, and we shared Christ together. There was another time we were, at, we were at dinner table, and it was a Christmas holiday, and, and my dad reached over and grabbed my hand, and we were talking about God, and Patty and Ron were, were, were talking, and Patty and Ron have not accepted Christ. And he said, I just, I wish your brother and sister would accept Christ as you have. You know, that's a great gift my father's given me. The great gift, you know what that gift is? When my father leaves, I know where he's going. I know he's going to be with God in heaven. Can you think of a better gift to give your son or your daughter than when you die, they know that you're going to be in heaven with, with our Lord, and that at some point in time, you can join them? I can't think of a better gift. That's the greatest gift my father's given me. This is Haven Today, and we're hearing a testimony from Michael Reagan, the son of the late President Ronald Reagan, given a few years before his father passed away. We're going to hear more from him in a moment, but I wanted us to pause and think about what he just said. Three simple, significant words were all Michael needed, craved to hear from his father. I love you. But isn't it interesting how he was convicted by the Lord that he himself had not said those words to his dad? Now, I know we're thinking about final and significant words this week. Father's Day is this weekend. And we often assume that those words come verbally. But Michael Reagan went on to share how his father, Ronald Reagan, did indeed share some final words with him that had a powerful effect on his life, but they weren't even spoken. Michael shared how, even after Alzheimer's had taken away his father's ability to speak, he still found a way to say, I love you. My father, he could see me, but he couldn't speak me. And so I would go up to the house. And when I would walk into the house, he'd be sitting in a chair. And as he'd see me, his eyes would get a glisten and he would open up his arms. He couldn't say my name, but he knew I was the man who hugged him and told him I loved him. And there was a day when Colleen and I went to see my dad at the house. And I had forgotten to hug him goodbye. And we were going out to the car, Colleen and I, and Colleen turned to me and said, Michael, you forgot something. So what I forget? She says, turn around and look at the door. I turned around and looked in the doorway of the house, and my dad had gotten up, barely walk, and hobbled his way to the front door of the house, and it was open. And as I turned around, here was my dad, standing at the doorway with his arms out, waiting for me to come back and hug him. And I turned, and I went to my father, and I gave him a hug and said, Dad, I love you. I love you. 
And just by standing there, I knew that he loved me. God, I have found, has blessed me in so many ways. I used to be angry at God and thought God hated me. And I thought that I, in fact, hated God. I started this evening asking how many of you have ever hated God or believe that God hates you. I would hope that by the end of tonight that you will take a moment to think about the love of Christ, the love of the Father, to think about Him standing in the doorway of your house, of your life, wanting to say, come to me. Let me lift the burden from you. I've got the shoulders and the strength to carry your burdens and free you to go out and speak to the world. I am who I am today because many people prayed for me. Many people hugged me when I didn't know I was being hugged. But the greatest hug I got was the hug of our Father who hugged me and said, Michael, I love you. And I go to bed every night now knowing that I am loved by our Father in Heaven and knowing that someday I will be able to also be with my Father in Heaven. Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. As we heard how the Lord moved into the life of Michael Reagan, the adopted prodigal son of the late president, I couldn't help but think of the story Jesus told of his father's love. Significant words, the story of the prodigal son. The father was standing, waiting in love for his son to come back home, arms open. Jesus tells it in Luke 15, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way away, his father saw him coming. And he was filled with love and compassion, so he ran to his son, hugged him, and kissed him. Michael Reagan desperately needed to hear those words, I love you, from his father. And even though Alzheimer's had taken away Ronald's ability to talk, his final words to his son were through a hug that clearly spoke, I love you. When I was praying with my wife this morning, I shared what we were doing this week on the program and the re-airing of the Michael Reagan story. It reminded her of her late father who would have had trouble telling his children, I love you, even though he did love them. What about you? I believe you and I need to hear God say it. I love you. And the truth is, if you're in Jesus Christ, if he's your Savior like the Savior of Ronald of Michael Reagan, God has already said, I love you. The Gospel writer John says God showed how much he loved us by sending his only Son to the world, so we might have eternal life through him. As we head into a Father's Day weekend, we all need to more understand the Father's love for us through Jesus. I can't wait to share final words with my earthly father minutes before he died. I can't remember his ever saying, I love you. I can't remember me ever telling my believing father I loved him until minutes before he died. I can't wait to have Tamara Chamberlain of our team share words with her dying mother who knew and loved Jesus and could say, I love you. Today, we are surrounded by so much unkindness. Unkind words come too easily. Yet for Christians who were first loved by Jesus, our calling is to take his love and make it our love and show that love from above to others, even those we disagree with. It means showing love to even our family members who reject us, 
to people who speak out against us. We have only one way to respond, but it is the way we love as Christ loved, unconditionally, laying our lives down for each other, even as Jesus did at the cross. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the
Chris Tomlin, and Love Ran Red, Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. What a great time we're going to have this week, sharing significant words, final words and special words that need to be shared more, all starting with Christ's love for us. If you haven't yet, get in touch with us. If you haven't ordered a copy or multiple copies of the new book, Our Faithful Queen, there's still time to get this special book from us. It was written for Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee, and it does two things so well. First, it reflects on 70 years of her faithful service to her people. But secondly, it highlights her love and service born out of her faith in Jesus, serving first her King Jesus. Call us now. Make your fiscal year-end gift to the ministry, 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Remember, you can't get this book on Amazon or at a bookstore. We had them shipped directly from the UK. And to see and read part of this book, go now to our website and make your gift there. Go to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Now may the Lord be with you. May his face and love shine upon you and be thankful. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? as together we share this love together. It's part of the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We all know we need a Savior. We just aren't sure where to look. Politicians, sports heroes, even spouses, they all make terrible saviors. So where do we turn? Thankfully, God has told us in his word. We read these words at the beginning of the letter of Hebrews. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. God himself is the one who saves us. Jesus Christ, God the Son, bled and died and rose again for sinners. The same one who made us has redeemed us. What a savior. Get Anchor devotional and print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.